welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Oh, isn't it? Good evening, Cork Church. Nice to see you. Um, Okay, let's pray and we'll get into the Word. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity again to open up the Word. Lord, we thank you for the life therein, Lord, uh, the life of Christ that bears out through these pages. We thank you for your Holy Spirit and for the anointing, Lord Jesus, that you have given us, Lord. Uh, Your Spirit is here uh, to reveal you, Jesus, to reveal the cross, and to quicken us and enable us, Lord, to walk out resurrection life through and in you, Lord. We need you. We need you, Lord. Uh, We say it together as your people. I say it, Lord, even here, Lord, behind this pulpit tonight. We need you. I need you. Come and make yourself uh, known, Lord, in this place. Come and do wonders here, I pray in the name of Jesus tonight. Bless your holy name. Amen. Bless God. Well, praise the Lord, folks. Um, I resisted and resisted and resisted this title, but here we are anyway. Uh, The the message, I'm going to call it Shake It Off. Shake it off. Uh, I will only mention Taylor Swift once. There it is. She's been mentioned. That's it. Okay, amen, but we're going to move on. And what I want to do tonight is turn to Acts chapter 28. It's a very familiar story, uh, but I believe that it's going to give a lot of life uh, to folks uh, tonight. So let's start. Acts 28, verse 1. We'll read the text, and then we'll get some context and move into, into the Word. Acts 28, verse 1. After we were brought safely through, we then learned that the island was called Malta. Uh, the native people showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all, because it had begun to rain and was cold. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. When the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, though he has escaped from the sea. Justice has not allowed him to live. He, however, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. They were waiting for him to swell up or suddenly fall down dead, but when they had waited a long time and saw no misfortune come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Now in the neighborhood of that place were lands belonging to the chief man of the island named Publius, who received us and entertained us hospitably for three days. It happened that the father of Publius lay sick with a fever and dysentery, and Paul visited him and prayed, and putting his hands on him, healed him. And when this had taken place, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases also came and were cured. They also honored us greatly, and when they were about to sail, they put on board whatever we needed. Amen. Praise you, Lord, for your word tonight. The context is that Paul has just come out of a shipwreck. It's a miracle. 276 men, including himself, saved as an act of grace, sovereign grace from God. 
But this was just the latest episode in the life of Paul. Amen. From the frying pan into the fire. If there was ever, if the, if you could eulogize the Apostle Paul's life, it would probably be that. Paul went from one thing to another. I don't have time this morning to read you Second Corinthians chapter four, uh, or, or uh, um, sorry, chapter eleven, uh, telling you all the different trials and tribulations the Apostle went through. But let's just say, if anyone could talk to you about how hard life can hit, it would be the Apostle Paul. Amen? Um, This text we're looking at is a descriptive text uh, in that it tells us what happened rather than a prescriptive text that tells us what should always happen. Yet, for us, there are observations we can make about Paul's life and about the providence of God tonight that are applicable to every single Christian. So what am I saying by that? I'm saying if you were bitten by a snake, please don't try and shake it off. Go to the nearest hospital. Amen? Right? Right? Amen. Good. Okay, we're in agreement. But, you know, uh, as much as I'd like to talk to you more about the hard-hitting reality of life, I'm going to defer to uh, a, a greater man than myself, Rocky Balboa. Uh, He said this, uh, a direct quote from Rocky, I think, six. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you get hit. It's about how, how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That is how winning is done. How many hits you can take and keep moving forward. Now, I've watched all the Rocky films. I'm almost certain he wasn't a born-again Christian. Yet, I think that there's something about the reality of life we can take away from that quote. But I want to speak to you today. If you have been hit by life, I think that there is such a thing as being punched drunk from life. Hit and hit again. And maybe tonight you're asking this question, how do I get beyond this? I've been hit a lot. I've taken a lot. How do I move past this? Everything about this situation seems final to me. Paul was bitten by a snake and that seemed to be it for him. And maybe for you tonight, you're sitting here in the midst of a situation and you're saying to yourself, maybe this is where I get off. This is how I end. I don't know how to continue. I don't know how to go on. I don't know how to recover. Because folks, there are moments in life that will seem final. They will seem fatal. It will feel like it's game over. No more lives. Amen. Because some things leap out unexpectedly in life and grip you so tightly that it can seem like the end has come and that there is no moving beyond this. Folks, let me tell you tonight, in Jesus' name, your lot is not to roll over and die. Amen. Your lot tonight is not to roll over and die. Uh, tonight, I want to look at three things from the text. I want to look at this idea of the reality of life, but also the providence of God. And then I want to look at this idea of shaking it off and how Paul found the confidence to keep going. And then finally, uh, briefly, I want to look at four things that Paul encountered on the other side 
of a fatal terminal situation. Are you ready tonight? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, the first thing I want to talk about is the reality of life. It's unpredictability. We've already touched on it here. But the script says, the text says that Paul had been brought safely through. Amen. Safely through, it seems, uh, into more trouble. Uh, uh, into, uh, safe from a storm, uh, to be blessed by a fire, only to be blitten by a snake. And uh, like we were saying, it's just another day in the life of the Apostle Paul. But is that what your life feels like at the moment, going from bad to worse? Well, listen, look at this here. That term, meaning brought safely through, it means literally to save all the way through. It's amazing to completely deliver from danger into safety or to be saved or rescued all the way across. It means to bring someone through danger and into a safe condition. It means to be thoroughly rescued and it means to bring safely through danger or sickness as in transporting someone through an ordeal to safety on the other side. So when the Bible says that Paul was brought safely through the storm that we've just been discussing, it means he was saved to the uttermost, brought through by a hand greater than his own, brought through circumstances that were beyond his control by a God that was in control. And let me say this to you tonight, a quote by B.B. Warfield, a firm faith in the universal providence of God is the solution to all worldly problems, to all troubles. Folks, hallelujah tonight. There's a confidence we can have amidst the uncertainty of living. Praise God tonight. You might be asking me, Walt Patrick, what is providence? Well, let me quote this from the Heidelberg Confession. Question 27, at the end of it says this. Yea, this is what it means. All things come, not by chance, but by his fatherly hand. Hallelujah tonight. What grace from God. All things come not by chance, but from his fatherly hand. And it goes on to say this, that we might be patient in adversity, thankful in prosperity, and for what is future, have a good confidence in our faithful God and Father that no creature shall separate us from his love. Glory to God, since all creatures are so in his hands and without his will, they cannot do so much as move. Folks, that's providence. All things are in his hand. Psalm 115 verse 3, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. What confidence we have as Christians. Romans 8 28 says this, for we know that God in all things works for the good in the lives of those whom he loves and are called according to his purpose. Praise the Lord tonight. Hallelujah tonight brought safely through, but brought safely through to what? What a snapshot of life. Brought safely through to what? To, to, to Malta, to a shipwreck, to a storm, through a storm. And folks, look at it. Uh, to go from a storm to a subsequent shipwreck. Consider the shipwreck one more time as we go here, folks. A horrific life-threatening circumstances, circumstance beyond your control, a storm, something elemental, a sickness, a grief, a loss, something that hits you and then splits you. 
Consider that. That's a storm and a shipwreck. Something that comes to you that's elemental. It hits you and then it splits you. And then Paul, subsequent from that, finds himself on an island. A fire has been lit. A fire he hasn't lit. A fire that's been lit by others. A rare kindness from people. Every now and again, folks, people can be nice. Amen. And what Paul is just doing his part doing his bit to keep the fire burning after the aftermath of a tragedy, only to be attacked again, bitten again. You know, it's amazing. Bible says Paul was just bringing his few sticks. And sometimes when you've been wrecked by a tragedy, all you can do is just add a few sticks. When you've gone through something, all you can do is bring your few sticks. You can just about show up and do your part. Have you been there? Just about show up. That's about all you can manage. Just about show up to your marriage. Just about show up to your ministry. It's all you can manage off the back of a shipwreck. Just show up and stay involved. Just be faithful. Just the little successes. But folks, let me tell you, those little successes matter. Your few sticks matter. Do not underestimate the heat that will come from the power of that sort of faith. Do not underestimate that sort of heat. And in that place, you're bitten again. Wow, what a picture, folks, today of, of the cruelty and the unpredictability of life. Only to have the brief moment of warmth and relief snatched from you. Only to have everything turn in an instant. A phone call, a revelation, a diagnosis, an accident. Folks, it's true the devil hates it. When we faithfully participate in the work of God, but we can't overlook the nature of life either, of living in a broken, fallen world. That's what we live in. Folks, tonight, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but troubles do not wait their turn. Troubles do not take their time. And you do not get a grace period because you have been through something traumatic and you have managed to hang on and still serve God in the aftermath. Unfortunately, it is quite the opposite. The heat of that sort of faith drives out the devil. That's the truth. I hate to say it tonight because I know some of you are there. But it is the truth. Without any understanding, folks, of providence, we are unprepared to face the cruelty of life. The, rel the relentlessness of trouble without a belief in his good purpose behind every circumstance, we'll just bounce from one misfortune to the next, missing the greater reality, becoming more and more despondent with life until it becomes easier to just stay on the canvas. Folks, we are not wrapped in cotton wool. As sure as sparks fly upward, man is born to trouble. Most of us can appreciate the concept of hardship. Troubles will come. But what takes us by surprise is how rapidly they come, how frequently they come. Relentless trouble. Paul put it this way in Philippians 2.30, when he faced the near death of his friend Epaphroditus, sorrow upon sorrow. Sorrow upon sorrow. And that word sorrow means pain, grief, annoyance, affliction. One thing after another. Sorrows that can't be properly understood or explained. How many in this place, how many have fallen into the despair that can come from the attrition of life? The attrition of life, the persistence, the temptation, and we've faced it, I have faced it. 
is to stay down and retreat, capitulate. Paul described the feeling in 2 Corinthians 8. We think, verse 8, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But folks, as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raises the dead. Hallelujah tonight. Praise the Lord. What a truth. Folks, we have a hope the world doesn't have. The best hope the world can hope for is to arrive safely at death. Life is just a series of unfortunate events capped by the final unfortunate event being death. Like a pinball knocked. The highs are never high for long and ultimately you fall down into a hole. And that's it. But Jesus, Jesus, in John 16 verse 33, says this. I've told you these things. In this world you may have trouble, but I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. Hallelujah. In the world you will have tribulation and distress and suffering, but be courageous the Amplified says, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. Church, be filled with joy in Jesus' name. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Brackets, the Amplified goes on, my conquest is accomplished. My victory is abiding. Folks, there are two realities we must embrace them both tonight. Trouble and triumph. Amen. Hallelujah trouble and triumph because if we don't we'll find ourselves trying to make sense of trouble and landing in the wrong place the islanders spoke out of a pagan understanding of justice surely justice hasn't allowed him to live they were speaking about a literal deity called justice they verbalized the kind of theology we heard from job's friends and maybe you're in the house tonight saying, am I getting what I deserve? Maybe just justice has been served. Let me encourage you tonight. Divine justice was served on the cross of Jesus Christ when he took his sins upon himself, your sins and mine upon himself. Whatever happens to you, whatever comes to you in life, you can have a confidence through the providence of God that it comes in love. Never as an act of divine justice. Be encouraged tonight. Be encouraged tonight. Thank you, Jesus. There's more going on in this account than just a series of unfortunate events. There is more going on in your life than just your misfortune. There is overcoming power tonight. Perfect peace. Jesus has overcome the world and he has given us ironclad promises over our lives that act as a sure and steadfast anchor to our souls. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, for the providence of God brought safely to, to be brought safely through. Thank you, Jesus. And so here's Paul, here's the apostle, caught in the grip of something that seemed fatal, final. No moving beyond it. And he got nothing from the people around him. There for you initially, but now it seems they've all declared your case hopeless. Have you been there? Oh, 
I want to look tonight at shaking it off. And like the, the text says, Paul shook it off and he, he suffered no harm. And folks, there's a confidence tonight I want us to explore. Paul had it and I believe it's God's plan to give it to you and I tonight. But you have to recognize firstly that there are moments where you will ask, how will I get from move beyond this? How will I get there? There'll be no next chapter, no encore. And uh, there's a, a, a term I love by a theologian called David Zoll called low anthropology. And it means having a correct expectation of people. You will not get the confidence to move beyond this looking at people. They will sing your praises one minute and eulogize you the next. Your confidence has to come from somewhere else. Let's look tonight at Paul's response to a fatal situation. He, sucked, he shook the snake off and suffered no harm. How? How? How do we get beyond this? And helping to find the answer to the question is no easy task. Paul shook off the snake and so many have used this to preach sermons on simply shaking off the attack. Well, folks, that's easier said than done because some things fasten onto you, grip you, hold you. It's not easy to shake things off. Some more tonight than just the superfluous advice to just shake it off. I want to look at the confidence that inspired the act. Where did Paul find the grace to get beyond what appeared to be fatal? Because folks, most of us, if we were going to do any shaking, it would be our fist in the air blaming God. But he didn't blame God. And he didn't look to people for their opinions. Rather, he drew from his experience of God's provision. Sorry, God's provenance. Let me show you tonight. Acts 23 verse 11. The following night, Paul is in a cell in Jerusalem. The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify in Rome. Hallelujah. Now turn with me to Acts 27 verse 23, the previous chapter. Paul says this to the 275 prisoners and soldiers on the boat facing shipwreck, facing destruction. For this very night, an angel of God to whom I belong. Amen. The God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood before me and said, Stop being afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar and behold, God has given you the lives of all who are sailing with you. So Paul turning to the men says, so keep up your courage, men, for I believe God and have complete confidence in him that it will turn out exactly as I have been told. But we must run the ship aground on some island. I love that part. It doesn't matter what island. What matters is that God has spoken and Paul's full confidence was in God's word. Didn't matter what island. He knew ultimately he would stand before Caesar in Rome. Didn't matter what's in front of you, the problem in the moment. The God to whom I belong. Hallelujah. The God who took hold of me and made me his own. Paul wrote in Philippians 3.12, Not that I've already obtained this, the goal of being Christ-like, or I've already been made perfect, but I actively press on so that I may take hold of that perfection for which Christ took hold of me and made me his own. I belong 
to God. That was Paul's confidence. I belong to God. Paul had a confidence. Someone up there likes me. Life happened. Life happened. But whatever he went through, no matter how hopeless, seemingly fatal, God kept him, preserved him. A righteous man may fall seven times, hallelujah, might be delivered to trouble. Folks, you can't be taught this. You have to experience it. You have to see it. But in the end, you and I will be fully persuaded. Faith must touch our hearts. We must see behind the wall. In Pilgrim's Progress, there's a fantastic story. I'm going to very briefly touch on it. Very briefly, if I can. My notes are, leave something to be desired tonight, but bear with me. In chapter 5, John Bunyan's central character, whose name's Christian, meets a helper named Interpreter. An interpreter's job is to teach Christian crucial truths, truths that he'll need for the journey of faith. And so Interpreter shows Christian a fire burning against a wall and how someone was standing by the fire trying to constantly put out the fire by pouring water on it. But the fire did not go out. Not only did it not go out, it burned higher and hotter. So Christian asked the interpreter, what does this mean? And the interpreter explained that the fire is the work of grace that God produces in our hearts. The grace of trust in Christ and love for him. But the devil is constantly trying to put out this fire by pouring water out, the water of temptations and worries and trials. Well, then what keeps the fire burning, asked Christian. So the interpreter brought him to the other side of the wall. He took Christian around the back of the wall where he saw a man who had a jar of oil so his hand, in his hand and he poured it continually on the fire. So the Christian asked again, what does this mean? And the interpreter said, this is Christ who continually with the oil of grace maintains the work already begun in the heart by the means of which notwithstanding the devil can do, the souls of his people prove more gracious still. Hallelujah. Paul was convinced, I belong to God. By faith, he saw behind the wall to the one pouring the oil of grace into the fire of his heart. Folks, he will not let your flame go out. Amen. He will not let your flame go out. Listen to me. Something was holding on to Paul beside the snake. He was in the grip of something greater than the serpent. Tonight, listen to me, the sickness isn't holding you. He is. The depression doesn't own you. He does. From eternity past to the destiny of ages to come, he has never and will never let me go. Hallelujah tonight. He has purchased providential grace. Something took hold of my life long before this snake. Something has gripped me and held me through many dangers, toils, and snares. This snake may have latched onto me in this moment or season, but there is one who has gripped me from eternity past and will grip me for a destiny of ages to come. And so Paul could say then in Romans 8.36, I'm convinced, I'm fully persuaded that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor neither height nor depth, 
nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The love of God had taken a hold of Paul's life long before he ever encountered a snake on Malta, long before you encountered this circumstance that seems to grip you and tell you it's over, God saw you and took a hold of you, found you, redeemed you, loved you, made you his own, and he will not let you go. He will not let you go. Hallelujah tonight. You belong to another. Do you hear me? Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 3. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the Lord who formed you says, Do not be afraid. I've ransomed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Hallelujah tonight. Folks, we must continue to experience this kind of redeeming love until we too are fully persuaded. Nothing can hold me as long as he holds me. Hallelujah. Exodus 3.19. I'll just hammer that one more nail into this point. Exodus 3.19. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So there's a hand that holds you, but there's a mighty hand who will compel that hand to let you go. That's how the sovereign hand of God, that snake, Pharaoh, the world has no claim on you. This world, this life, its cruelty, its, its vicissitudes cannot cannot keep you down on the mat because you've been redeemed. This world has no right to tell you your future because you don't belong to this world. Hallelujah. My life is more than my misfortunes. It's a story of miraculous preservation. God has kept more than just my life. He's preserved my faith. Hallelujah tonight. Someone's holding on to you behind the wall. Someone's pouring the oil of grace into the fire of your faith so that it will burn despite what the enemy may try and do. Through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you finish it tonight? Hallelujah. Grace that brought me here, yes, thus far, and praise will bring me home. I actually did need you to finish it for me. Grace, he's fine. Yeah. Listen to me. Um, there's a poem by Robert Frost called Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening. If you did your leaving cert at the turn of the millennium, you probably studied it. Part of it says this. The woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep and miles to go before I sleep. 
I'd like to amend that. The woods are lovely, dark and deep. I don't know what's ahead of me. But he has promises to keep. Hallelujah. And I have miles to go before I sleep. It's not over. It's not finished. He has promises to keep. I am because I am until he says that I'm not. There are miles to go before I sleep. There's more fruitful labor, Paul knew it, sitting in a Philippian jail cell. To live is Christ, and that's far better. But knowing that remaining would mean fruitful labor, would mean a benefit for you, Philippians, I know that I will stay. Paul understood that he would be preserved for the sake of others, that his life would be kept only to be poured out for the sake of the people of God. Let this be your confidence tonight. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack. 2 Timothy 4.18. At the end of his life, Paul said this, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. Hallelujah. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. To be to him be glory forever and ever and ever. Folks, there is a greater plan tonight, never to be derailed by circumstances. And Paul knew it wasn't the end. God had spoken. I'm going on. I'm going further. I'm going beyond. You are going on. Someone here has to hear this. You are going on. You are going further. You are going beyond. For Paul, it was to Rome and ultimately home to glory. There was simply more to be done. So you can shake it off and continue because the confidence is in the call. Despair is fatal. Hopelessness is fatal. Do not abandon the hope of your calling in the face of life's catastrophes because there is a hand behind the hand, behind the hand that was wounded, behind the hand of life, there is another hand. Quickly tonight, I want to look at four things that lay beyond this fatal moment. I can only really give a bullet point tonight. Four things lay beyond for Paul. The Bible says in verse 6 that the people changed their minds and called him a god. For some of us, there will be vindication before people. Some of your pain has been caused by people. Well, in this case, there was vindication to a degree from Paul. Isaiah 54 verse 17 says, weapons will be fashioned, but they will not prosper. And that our vindication as the servants of the Lord comes from him. In verse 7, it says that Publius took him into his home. Paul experienced times of refreshing. Amen far beyond what could be expected or necessary. Three days he was taken into Publius's home. This was far beyond what was culturally accepted or necessary. So God knows how to bring us into places of genuine rest and grace that go beyond what we could ask for or hope. God knows how to replenish your reserves. In verse 8, the Bible says that Paul laid his hands on Publius's father, and he was healed. Let me tell you this, if you're under attack tonight, there's a clue, there's an indicator to your purpose. The enemy only ever attacks what God plans to use. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul laid his hands on Publius's father, and Publius's father 
rose. Paul laid his hands on the sick in Malta and they were healed. Folks, the enemy may be attacking a certain area in your life, but you can be assured if he is, it must, be, it must mean that God also has a plan for that area. You see, God also had a plan for Paul's hand. Or beyond Malta, Paul, I'm going to need that hand. I'm going to need you to write a few letters to a few friends, a couple of churches, to check in on them. I'm going to need you to write to Titus in Crete. I'm going to need you to write to Timothy in Ephesus. I'm going to need you to write to the Ephesians and the Corinthians and the Philippians. It might not seem like much, Paul, just a simple correspondence. But my plans for what the enemy might be attacking are greater than you could even imagine. Just a few letters, Paul. I wonder what he would have looked like when he got to heaven and saw what God could do with simple faith and a couple of letters from a man who'd recovered from an attack and gone further. Finally, in verse 9, provision. The Bible says that Paul was restored to a ship. Amazing. He began shipwrecks and God restored him to a ship. I don't have time tonight to read about Job's life and the ending of his life and how God restored unto him all that was taken away. But God knows how to restore all that the enemy has taken from you. The enemy knows, the Lord knows how to give you back all that the locust and cankle worm have eaten and to make the end of your life more prosperous than the first. I want to end now, but I want to end by considering Jesus. Acts 22, verse 22. Men of Israel, listen to this message. Jesus of Nazareth was a man certified by God to you by doing miracles, wonders, and signs, doing his bit to keep the fire alit, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. He was delivered up by God's set plan and foreknowledge, and you, by the hands of lawless men, put him to death by nailing him to a cross. But God raised him from the dead, releasing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for him to be held by its clutches. Christ shook off the hold of sin and death. Christ shook off the bite of the serpent, the curse, sin, death, and hell. He shook it off when he rose from the dead, ensuring for us resurrection life. Jesus shook off all that would ever strike at you in this life so that you could have victory and you could expect to go on, to go further. The Apostle Paul, in, in closing, 2 Timothy 4.7, wrote as a man fully poured out, the work is done. His purposes are fulfilled, but I'm going on, I'm going further. I've fought a good fight. I've, I've kept the faith, I've finished the race. But now, there's laid up for me a crown, a crown, a crown unfading and a rest unceasing. I'm going on. Even death's sting, even the final bite isn't the end. We will shake the cords of death off themselves and be welcomed into his eternal presence. What confidence for you and me today.
when things hold on, we will shake off death itself like our Savior Jesus and be welcomed into his eternal presence. Hallelujah tonight. God be, bless you, Cork Church. Would, would you stand with me before I pass it to, back to Pastor Nick? I just want to pray for you. It's a simple, simple prayer. It's a simple call tonight. The prayer is simple. Lord, help me to see behind the wall. Lord Jesus, help me to see beyond. Lord, what the enemy is doing to put out my fire. Lord, to the grace you bought for me at Calvary that ensures that my fire will burn brighter and brighter and brighter. I thank you, Lord. The only thing that's holding on to me tonight is you. I thank you, Lord, that nothing will separate me from your love. I thank you, Lord, that one day, even the final bite, the sting of death, Lord, will be swallowed up in victory. Thank you, Jesus, for all you've done, for all you're doing. And I pray, Holy Spirit, now that you would come and, and quicken every heart, every life, that the grace of the Holy Spirit uh, would be poured out again on every smoldering wick, every bruised reed, everyone close to breaking, so that in the name of Jesus, we would see beyond this and shake off the false claims that death has on us. We will go further by the grace of God. Grace has brought us thus far, and grace will lead us home. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.